Hey everyone, Joe here. Uh, so this is a super extra special joint podcast between uh, Upper Memory Block and my good friends Brian and Bianca of the Square Waves FM show. Uh, so a couple little caveats. Uh, number one, uh, since uh, this is partially Square Waves FM, show's a little swearier than normal. So if you or those around you are offended by such things, may not be the episode for you. And also, if you haven't seen the Warcraft movie and you are sensitive to spoilers, you may also not want to listen to this episode. Uh, those caveats aside, I hope that you guys Really enjoy this and also take note that I am talking uh, from my old iPhone 4 on 3G from an airport. So uh, my audio comes in and out a little bit, but uh, really good talk. And I hope you guys enjoy this super special extended memory episode of the Upper Memory Block, a.k.a. Square Waves FM slash Block Square FM Waves podcast. And welcome to a special episode because this one is a uh, co-venture between uh, Upper Memory Block and Square Waves FM. This is it sure is. Yep. Yay. This time, Joe is not a guest in our show, but rather the third host because this is a three-way hosting session. Oh, well, the third host, not the first host, because you have to be the first host. Of course, right? I am. There you go. Yep. So, Brian, me and you can me, me and you can fight over who's the the third host. Okay, sure thing. <laughs> so. I'm Bianca, we have Brian, and joining us from the airport today is Joe. Yes, it's a wonderful, quiet afternoon here at the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, where uh, I've spent uh, I've spent the better part of a week. 
Oh, that's super cool. Did you get to uh, see any of the sites? Did you make it to Starbucks Numero Uno? I, I unfortunately did not. We, uh, we had a very full schedule, which involved a lot of learning things during the day and very interesting information that I'm legally bound not to talk about. And uh, <laughs> the evening involved all, all the... Uh, uh, a reasonable amount of drinking. So, <laughs> oh, good. Stuff. But I've been to Seattle before, and I got to see all the sites and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Oh, cool. You so, what are we talking Google? about, guy? Is why are why are we here? Why are we here? Hmm? Oh, yeah. I saw the space. We are here to discuss yes. a movie we saw last week, which should hopefully be fresh enough in our memories that we can discuss it without sounding like we're blowing out our asses. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're a bunch of busy individuals, so sadly we couldn't do this podcast. Until a whole week after seeing the movie, but uh, it has uh, it has blazed and etched itself into my memory about as well as it's going to, and it's yep. about subject matter that the three of us, I think, hold near and dear. So, uh, why don't you tell us, uh, Bianca, what the movie is that we saw? Okay, so keeping in theme with the two podcasts, it was about a game, and uh-huh. this, and not just any game, but Warcraft. We've uh, talked about it plenty on Square Waves. Um, I don't know about uh, Umbo. Have you guys talked about it? Have you talked about it much on your show? Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah, episode fifty was was all about Warcraft, and I talk about it, you know, here and there, <laughs> just to, for other reasons. <laughs> and you know, I'm sure I'm sure we're all fans, and and you know, I definitely played the RTSs, and I played I well, we'll talk about it later, but I played WoW, and I am playing WoW again. So uh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I roll a forty so I can play with you guys. Mm-hmm. So, we saw the movie, and this is just going to be a discussion of what we thought of the movie, and and basically some whining about lore inconsistency. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is that that is a topic uh, to which I will defer to the two of you because I am I I enjoy the WoW stuff very much. I would go so far as to call myself an enthusiast, but uh, I'm not uh, a lore fiend nor a stickler. For that detail, it just kind of when the lore comes to me, I, it just kind of washes over me, and I feel better for it. But uh, it doesn't really uh, rattle around in my brain for too long; it doesn't stick there. So, why don't you, for the sake of our listeners, give us the elevator summary of what the movie was about? Who me? Yep. Oh man, so, <laughs> I can't deal with that pressure. Why don't you do it? Before, yeah, maybe before we begin, are we, are we doing? Are we? Um, oh, are we doing spoilers, or I guess we should. Oh, right, yeah, are we doing spoilers is a very good question. Why don't um, we, regardless, uh, why don't we uh, put a, uh, a disclaimer out there that we mm-hmm. will do our best not to spoil anything too horribly, but uh, since it's been a week since we saw the movie, if you intend to, to see this movie, you know, see it, because we all enjoyed it, um, and skip the podcast until you've seen it, because we'll do our best, but we may spoil something. Yeah, yeah and honestly, if you're already if you familiar played- with the game and the world, lore of the world, then there's no real spoilers, because the movie takes from that stuff. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much, so no worries. Okay. All right. So, basically, what the movie is, the best way I can sum up the movie is... Thank you. It's about the first war between the humans and the orcs, but it does mash in some lore... From uh, the, from uh, Rise of the Horde, which was the uh, second book in the uh, World of War- in the uh, Warcraft uh, lore uh, s- series book that series, was not part of the games, you, if you will. Then it takes from uh, the last, and then the rest, the majority of the story takes from the Last Guardian, which is about Medivh and the uh, Bell Orcs. 
It also takes from Warcraft 2 in the expansion, doesn't it? Yep, it takes from the RTSs. So that would be Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness, and Warcraft 2, the Dark Portal. Yeah, so it kind of... We, we sort of saw it as kind of like a, a best-of sort of a movie, like a highlight reel kind of a movie, where they sort of uh, take uh, highlights from these various stories and kind of weave them into something uh, abbreviated and cohesive without adhering strictly to the timelines, really, or even the characters to some degree. Yeah, right, so the, yes, the, best of, the best of everything that didn't have to do with Arthas or Lordaeron or, or any of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. But the nice thing is, there were a lot of uh, subtle shout-outs to the fans. So if you were very, if you were familiar with the games, you would note little things that were inserted. So, for example, in the theater, there was, you would hear these little ripples of chuckles. People uh, saw things that they uh, they recognized immediately. For us, the murlocs. Like, we saw these oh, murlocs, and they made their blur sounds. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, we did see this movie on opening night, so it was only the, the creme de la creme, <laughs> as well as us seeing this movie. Everyone who really and cared about And one asshole and his stupid, bright-ass cell phone next to me. Always. Ugh. Why do these assholes sit next to me? And why must they take out their stupid cell phones? I don't know. You're like a dork magnet. Uh, that explains why I married you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Burn. Now it's square waves. Now it's square waves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, who were the key uh, players in this movie? We had uh, Durotan, Durotan, who is... Durotan, Durotan, who is the father of... Thrall and the husband of right now the father of Draka of Goel. That's right. Yeah. So uh, son of Draka, did you say? No, husband of Draka. That's uh, oh yes, Goel's Goel's uh, mother. Um. Then there was Gromash Hellscream, and yes, he he appeared. He was the one who um. I forget what his role is, but he did appear because then there was also. So there oh, was Doomhammer. Doomhammer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember Hellscream, but I remember Doomhammer. Yeah, there yeah, was Doomhammer three of them. Was there. Was Hellscream the, uh, the, the war... Who was the war chief? Was that Hellscream? I'm trying to, just trying to keep the name No, that straight. was Blackhand. Right, Blackhand. Yes. And uh, they made it clear that uh, Duratan was leader of the uh, Frostwolf clan. Yes. Mm-hmm. From the humans, we had Khadgar wispy little twat who looked like he was too young to be wearing his wizarding robes. He, um, did, he did look very kiddish. I know. Little, like, teenager goatee. <laughs> I know, it's like, mm-hmm. dude, grow some facial hair and shave it. Yeah, what kind of wizard are you? I thought he fit the part, though. I think he did a well enough job. Yeah, he, he did come across as being apprentice-like. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like a little green, greenhorn. So mm-hmm. I thought that, that suited him well, especially because he was kind of the uh, opposite to Medivh, who mm-hmm. uh, is a super powerful wizard in uh, guardian, Warcraft lore, yeah. the Guardian. Yeah, he was the, known as the last Guardian, and he's related to Sargeras, who is one of the uh, last Titans. Oh, re- I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they had, I guess, I can't remember if, like, there's, there's like, some essence of Sargeras in him, and I can't remember why that is. It had something to do with, like, his mother. Yeah, it has to like, do with locking away the uh, last of the Titans and just being the guardians of the world because the aspects don't do shit all for uh, Azeroth. <laughs> okay. Um, let me Those see. Those are the dragons. Yes. <laughs> oh, so there was... Then there is uh, King and... Lane. Oh, yeah, King... Which... Oh, Lane... Uh... King Lane... 
What's his last name? Rin. Rin. Uh, and there was Anduin. No. But not Anduin Rin, but Anduin... Lothar. Anduin Lothar. Lothar. For whom Anduin Rin, the prince of Stormwind, is named for. Right. Then there is their mother. Then there was uh, the queen. I forget what her name was. No, she's not that important. <laughs> True. Um, oh, and there was... Uh, what's her name? Orkalina. Oh, yes. Uh, Garona. <laughs> yeah. She does appear Garona in half, the half um, yeah. current expansion of Warlords of Draenor. And once again, in the movie, she's oh. half orc, half Draenei. So, and it's made, and they make it apparent that she's only a half breed in the beginning when you see her uh, speaking to some Draenei who are right. Well, but actually, so no, actually, in in the movie, there's a there's a, a change here. In the movie, she's described as being half orc, half human. Yeah, was she? I I yes. remember them calling yes. her like not a real orc, but I didn't yes. remember them saying that she was ha- what the other half was. I believe they mentioned she's half human in the movie, and that is definitely a difference. And it doesn't make a ton of sense because we're not sure how that would actually have occurred, how a human would have yeah. gotten. Yeah, that's well. Is, I, well, I'm considering the orcs just got there at the beginning of the movie, number one, and number two, they establish her as speaking the Draenei language when she's mm-hmm. speaking with one of you know screw spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was just at Whatever. the beginning of the movie, so it's not even that much of a spoiler. I suppose so. So, so that I, it was unclear. She doesn't look anything like a Draenei because Draenei True. are blue or purple. They're purplish, purplish blue. But if Thanks you for uh, clarifying that, <laughs> but they do show uh, half Draenei, half orcs in the uh, in the actual game. In fact, one of the quests in Burning Crusade has you interacting with them, and it does look more like oh yeah, half orc, half Draenei. So she doesn't have a complete Draenei. Traits, which is strange because they uh, there's no way lore wise for her to have been half human and right yeah yeah exactly so I guess we need clarification on that maybe they'll it's it's pretty clear that they're setting it up for sequels or at least one sequel so perhaps yeah. they'll go more into her history but mm-hmm. yeah I didn't see any way for her to be half human because they hadn't established the relationship yeah in fact races. they just established them going through the portal and encountering the humans for the first time yeah. Mm-hmm. So, She's she's a very mature toddler then. Well, if we accept that she was half half orc half human, then we can assume that she she has the fell blood which was used according to the lore of Rise of the Horde to age up rapidly the very young orcs. Like the mm-hmm. young orcs were fed the blood in order to oh, uh, build up the army quickly. Gul'dan right. did this to appease um, kill Jaden. Oh right, and we we didn't right. mention Gul'dan, did we? No. Yeah, and there's yeah obviously he's he's very relevant. The uh, the warlock that kind of starts the whole situation, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one who uh, had is uh, the hears the whispers from the uh, from Kill Jaden, but they don't really make it clear that he's acting on anyone's behalf, or they don't even mention the Burning Crusade. They just call it the Horde. I kind of feel like that's something if if and when there is a sequel, because I think given though the movie hasn't done super well in North America, it's done very well. Uh, in, internationally, so I think, especially in China. Interesting. So I, so I think that there, there's definitely going to be a sequel, and uh, I suspect that that stuff will sort of come out maybe in, in, in sequels. Mm-hmm. More detail will come out, and, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the uh, motivations of why people are doing what they're doing will come out a little bit more. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Golden seems to answer to no one. Yeah, in this one, he's kind of like the the big baddie. Yeah, I mean, and he's, he's definitely bad. <laughs> he he's is bad. bad. Even in the games, he's bad. But he is clear that he's answering to somebody else in the games too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's always a bigger, badder guy in the games, so they haven't established that yet. But yeah. they, they didn't. Oh no, he doesn't answer to kill Jane. He answers to Archimonde. 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 Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I guess I was getting. These demons have too complicated. Their names are too complicated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like how it starts out. Like you know, they the two worlds haven't collided yet, and I love watching that gate go up. That was incredible. That was incredible. Oh, and even before that. The very, very first scene, I thought, was a uh, reference to the Warcraft 1 intro. Where yes. one orc and one human just kind of going head-to-head in a field. And it's, yeah, and, and just, like, it fr- from that, and I think when, when the, the first scene was, was that, but I, it was panning down, and I can't remember if that's the point where we saw the, the orc tower. Uh, I think that was after the credits that we saw the orc tower. It was, like, the first yeah. scenery shot. And, boy, that was just... Spot on. They had such yeah. respect for the art style of the series, which yeah. is something that always gets tossed out the window in these sorts of movies. Like we just saw the Super Mario Brothers movie, and <laughs> oh gosh, they they well, had no at least respect. they went to pipes to their credit. They went into the pipes. They had the and pipes, they and by the end of the movie, they were sort of wearing the costumes. But otherwise, it had like shit all to do with the <laughs> with, with that that lore, if you can call it that. It had nothing to do with the art style of the story or anything. But this one, like even like the the way that the characters looked and the landscapes and the architecture and the beasts and stuff like that, it was all like right out of the games. I sure appreciate. Yeah, it. they did a great job with the music too. Like the musical scores felt like it was right out of the game, even if most of them might not have uh, been stuff we remembered. Yeah, yeah, it was very uh, it was very fitting. Yeah, and actually the music is interesting. So I, I looked it up and, and it's on Spotify. So I've been listening to it, you know, after after we saw the movie and. Uh, at first, I went to check. Oh, you know, did did like Russell Brower and, and and those guys actually do the music for the movie? And it's not. It's actually uh, his, I, I have trouble pronouncing his name, but it's uh, Ramon Dujuani or whatever. It's basically the guy that does the music for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that that's why I liked movie. it so much. <laughs> yeah, they're thematically similar, so it was a that was a fair selection. Yeah. And and in a way, when you listen to the music, it sounds a lot like kind of a mashup of you know WoW themes and the style of Game of Thrones. Hmm. I guess the WoW themes don't necessarily uh, lend themselves well to conversations. It's more like exploring music and combat music. Yeah. Whereas Game of Thrones is a lot of conversation, so I guess that adaptation was necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and while I'm sure the Blizzard team could have probably done done it. Uh, I, I, I suspect, I'm not a musician, so I don't know, but I, I suspect that scoring a film is very different from scoring a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Well, if for no other reason, then the score of a movie has to basically reflect the moment-by-moment happenings yeah, on screen, it- whereas a game, you never know which what the player is about to do, so it has to just be kind of general background music. And it has to be almost living the music in a game. If, it, if yeah. you're having it flow with what's happening, then it kind of needs to be living music. Yeah, it has to be adaptive. That's Whereas true. in a movie, you can you can sort of have the music tell the story as it goes along, so you can have these magnificent crescendos of music and then gentle, soothing melodies for the uh, right. docile yeah. scenes. Right. And not to say that they don't do that a little bit in the games, like during cinematics and oh, stuff, no. but, you know, those are what, like, you know, 30 seconds, three yeah. minutes at the outside, maybe, and then doing it for a full movie, I think. Plus, you know, these guys obviously help stop make games, mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it makes sense to me that they wouldn't have. It, it does strike me that Blizzard was deeply involved at, you know, many, if not, you know, every step advising and saying this is how this should look and you know this is how this should sound and oh that person wouldn't do that because to me like you know the, the everyone was acting properly 
like not to say whether the acting was good or bad. I don't know. I'm a bad. I'm, I'm a pretty bad measure of that. I thought the acting was fine. Other people said it was horrible. Hmm. So really, I'm I'm not a very good judge of that myself. But I thought the acting was good overall. And what's her name? The orc. Garona. Garona. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. I think some some people have said the the orc parts were amazing and the humans were a bit lackluster in their acting skill. Again, I thought it was fine. Yeah, me so. too. It, yeah. it never. Really bad acting, like really bad acting, will like will be apparent to me. And I was never like thinking this is a movie. You know, I was never thinking I'm watching a movie right now mm-hmm. as I watch this movie. It uh, it had me like totally sucked in. I know I'm watching a really long cutscene. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Basically, I'm watching a 90 minute cutscene. That's fine by me. When okay, but at least I don't have to follow behind someone walking two two milliseconds. Two uh, no escort, no escort meters quests. a second. Yeah, no escort quests with uh, where you're fighting guys. And you're supposed to be reading text in the bottom left hand corner while you smash brand new button bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, no. What did I want to say? The, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess we should probably. We've been talking about you know the look and everything, and and I think it's important for us to talk about the orcs. Like they looked real. Yes, but yeah. they were not the right color. They were brown instead of instead of having consu- and they didn't really have them consuming the fell blood. It was almost like it took more from warlords of Draenor than the rise of the horde. It like, seems like yeah, that. They, and I know they didn't even drink Duncan, the blood. They didn't show anyone having drink the blood, and there's no explanation as to why Goel Goel was green. Well, his mother and father were in kind of this lovely brownish. Oh, they, they, they showed they shade. showed that. No, they explained that, because when they... Oh, okay, yes, so right. When he's born, he's not screening his little bloody orc head off. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, the total spoiler. So yeah, he comes out, and he didn't survive going, because basically his mother went through the portal when she wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Because they only had enough... Because And I think that's a change, too. So this whole, like, the portal is powered by the souls of, um, you know... Draenei. Lower, well, the, dra- the Draenei in, on... on you know, on the Horde's side of the world, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, Draenor. And uh, it would have been humans on on the other side. Right. And, uh, you know, they only had enough juice, shall we say, to uh, to only bring through our most powerful warriors. And, uh, and, and Thrall's mother came through, and he didn't survive. Right. And he was born, you know, basically stillborn. And then, uh, what's his face? Warlock dude. Go down. Yeah, Gul'dan kind of sucked the, the the life force out of like a deer or something like that, and like, yeah. shoved it into him, and then and then he turned green. True, but they only turned green because they drank the actual blood, not because of life force in the buck. Yeah, which is what so I don't true. understand. And hmm. even if he did that, it doesn't. It still doesn't explain why the other orcs with him weren't were uh, brown and not green, because. Um, yeah, they were like the the burning the burning legion. Is it in uh, or the. Uh, yeah, it's not the, the Burning the Legion. Outland, ones. what are they called? Uh, in Outland? Yeah, the Legion, the Burning Legion. They are the Burning Legion, aren't they? Those are the Red Orcs? Those are the Fell Orcs. Yeah, there's Red or is there Red Orcs, and they were like the Laughing Skulls. Right. And then um, the ones you call Strawberry Orcs. <laughs> the Strawberry Orcs, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because uh, they, they're se- it seemed like the different, uh, different warbands... Or whatever, the different, what do you call them? Clans. Yeah, the different clans. Yeah. They seem to have different skin color than each other. So True, but they weren't, 
that dramatically different, and no. then the ones who did drink the blood did turn like shades of green. Like they, and that's what I was like. Okay, how are they supposed to be these powerful orcs if they haven't taken in the fell blood? Like they were supposed to have drunk it. And yeah. Manoroth was missing too. Oh, Manoroth is the big demon lord. Yes, the one that uh, they get the blood from in order to transform them. Yeah, so yeah, like actually, next time you log into to the game, watch the intro to to Warlords, and you'll see like kind of the alternate right. timeline. That we're yeah, in so now I'm wondering if they maybe they embrace the alternate timeline as opposed to the official canon. I think that's possible because I know like there were some interviews with Duncan Jones after because he's he's basically so he was the director for mm. people that that don't know, and he's a huge uh, Warcraft fan, mm. and I think for him more so of the RTS games than of WoW, but obviously very important in WoW and to bring in WoW stuff, and, and he said that. He's kind of like, you know, we had to take some, some liberties, and we had to change a couple things just because we want to make an exciting movie, and, you know, we're try- we tried to stay as true as we could, but for some, like I know, Bianca, your one of your issues was Dalaran in the wrong place. Ah, they made Dalaran <laughs> floating. They should have not made Dalaran floating. That would have been an awesome scene to show when they had... What, why was it? They had to move Dalaran or something? Because of the Scourge, which means that if they made a sequel, they, they totally blew... Ha- the ability to have Dal- make Dalaran flow kids. That would have been like an amazing 10 minute sequence to, uh, to fill up with, you know, nothing, but just to have like pure action of moving this gigantic, glorious city out of the path of, uh, Arthas' Heart of the Undead. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if they'll show that in a flashback or something or. If- yeah, something like that. And, and I think that's, that's interesting. And basically what he ended up saying is. You know, we wanted to show, maybe for some, for people who were not fans, that this is a magical city where all the, you know, where the Kirintor are and where the mages live. And and so, you know, to have this wonderful floating city really pushes that point home and is also really cool looking. So why would we have not done it? Yeah. So maybe they left some things on the cutting room floor. I'm sure they intended. Apparently there's about 30 or 40 minutes. So we're, we're hoping for a director's cut. That would be great. Oh, I would, I would be very interested to see that whole thing if it's. Oh, that would be great to watch Arthas transform as the uh, effects of Frostmourne consume his soul. Oh yeah, well, I, I think that that's going to be a sequel. I think that that would probably be probably if there's going to be three movies. I think Arthas would be the third movie. Yeah, I guess so. The next movie could. Well, I don't know if they're going to follow a World of Warcraft timeline after that. Because what? yeah, because. Hmm. But yeah, if that that was that being the third expansion pack could fit as a third movie. Very interesting. So, um, I guess we can say that we like the movie, huh? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and I, I, loved I, I loved it, except I... for the little nitty-gritty details when it came to actual story plot, but if I ignore those, it was fantastic. Mm. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I, I, was, I, I was riveted. I, I loved all the little nods. I mean, there's the, going back, like I've listened to a couple of podcasts of people discussing things, and... <laughs> And there's just been stuff that, you know, I, I noticed or that I heard of that I, I think back to and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. And that was another thing. Like, I remember uh, when the when the, they were flying into Stormwind, I can't remember who was flying into Stormwind on a Griffin. And, you know, Stormwind looked the way Stormwind was supposed to look and the, and, and the taxi landed in the right place. I noticed that, too. Yeah. The taxi landed in the right place. It flew over the front gates of Stormwind in the right place. And Stormwind even had the different colored roofs indicating the different and districts. And the park, 
were not destroyed. Oh, I did, forgot to look and for that. And the barracks were I not destroyed either. The oh. barracks and park were intact. I forgot to look for that, because, yeah, in in uh, World of Warcraft Cataclysm, the park, which was this beautiful, big, uh, green, grassy park, it's now like a smoldering Raider. crater. Yeah, so this ditch. is like v- <laughs> vanilla, the ditch. It's, it, it's or, or I guess Burning Crusade time, I guess if you want to call it, or vanilla or whatever. No, yeah. it wouldn't be Burning Crusade, because Draenor was still intact. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they do really mix and match, don't they? Yeah, but I guess it's for, for us, like, you know, when you saw Stormwind, you wouldn't have wanted to see, like, I don't know, Stormwind the way it should have been exactly at that time. You want to see Stormwind. Yeah. And they did Stormwind appropriate to that time period. Oh, man, and Ironforge, too, the Dwarven City. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that, I, that was the first, like, place that we really saw. Yeah. It was perfect. Everything was just freaking perfect. Yeah. Elwyn so, yeah, Forest, say Forest I, was glorious. I, what was? Yeah. Elwyn Forest. Oh, yeah, it was. And it was humongous. It didn't seem as harmless and Disney-like as it does in World of Warcraft. It seemed like a, like a, a big, like, spooky, dangerous forest where something could be lurking around the corner. Absolutely. They did a great job of that when you when they approached that overturned uh, cart. Yeah, exactly. So it was pretty mysterious. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a big, inviting, snow-white kind of a, a forest like it is in World of Warcraft. Well, it's kind of inviting until you step off the road. Perhaps, yeah. And then you got spiders, uh, a bunch of uh, tunneling uh, sewer rats. And you know take candle? You know take candles. Yeah. <laughs> Marlocks. But, uh, and, yeah, of so course, I, so uh, road I, bandits. I, I, really, yeah, I really enjoyed it, uh, but I think that if you're not a fan of the games you would enjoy it less. Yeah, I felt the same way. I enjoyed it very much. And me, as someone who's not quite em- as embroiled in all the lore, like, but I am, you know, sufficiently, apparently, it was it was more than enough to, like, totally hook me. Like, the, the combination of a uh, serviceable story and all those familiar sights, like, it just took my breath away so many times. But uh, if somebody was not already well-versed in that uh, universe then it might not seem like quite such an astonishing, surprising, fun place. It might seem yeah. a lot more generic. And I also think that because we are familiar, and even if you're not super familiar with all the details of the lore, your your brain is filling in a lot of background info. Like, maybe you don't know everyone's name and you don't know everyone's story, but, you know, you know the world, so you kind of, like, I think, I don't know if it was an editing thing or they were just trying to tell a lot of story. There, there, there were some things that probably could have bared a bit more explaining, and but we didn't need it. Yeah, it's true. I found, especially the first third of the movie or so, it seemed to gloss over some pretty significant things. Mm-hmm. But I guess they're not important. Or I, I don't know, because the few reviews that I've looked at were not very favorable. And they made the leap and went as far as to say that if you enjoy the games, you would not enjoy the movie, and I don't know, really know what their basis is. But I guess, how can you say that if you're not a person that enjoys the game? Like That's if you right. Played the game. How can how can you make that judgment? And none of the reviews I read were by people that cared about like any video game. It seemed, never mind this like this renowned, famous series yeah, of games that are all like serial and uh, uh, expand upon each other. Yeah, I'd say the vast majority of people that I have read and that I have spoken to who are players of the game generally enjoyed the film. People who were not players of the game enjoyed it less or didn't like it. And I, you know what? I think I, I think that's fine, and I think it's actually a very brave thing for for Duncan Jones and for Blizzard and for Legendary Pictures to have done, which was make a movie that is for 
a subset of people. It's for the fans. It's not necessarily for everyone. That, that That's cool, because that doesn't happen, especially in summer movies. Yeah, exactly. This movie was, like, uh, it, it was done by Industrial Light and Magic, so, like, this is, like, a top-budget film, so that's not ordinarily the kind of thing you make for a niche audience. Well, what about some yeah, of the like, uh, yeah, comic like, series? What's that? What about com- some of the uh, mo- superhero movies? They're not necessarily made for a wide audience. Well, like... Superman, Batman, and X-Men, I think you can argue that those are for a wide audience. True, but then you get into the more special ones like Thor and all those. Yeah, you're right. And you're Captain right. America, those aren't... Like Captain America, sure, has a big... Like Captain America, it sounds like it would be awesome, but it's, once again, it's based on comics, so it may not necessarily be as wide known mm. as Batman or Superman. It's true. I guess I've kind of grown up with the opinion that video games are for this small, insular community, but perhaps you're right, that it has kind of transcended the mainstream and is as recognizable to people as, like, Superman. Maybe it is. I don't know. True. And then, so now we're, now and we're then the other mainstream. thing is, you, there, is a, there is a Sex and the City movie, and not many people watch Sex and the City. And then that became a movie. Oh, yeah. There's, there's two Sex and the City movies. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In one, they go to Dubai. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I'm not, I'm not up on the lore of that series either. Me neither, but all I know is that it was, you know, a special... It, it was a show that focused on a certain audience, and yet they had two movies. Yeah, true enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I mean, either way, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was... It, it's interesting that, that they did it the way they did it. Maybe their intention was to make it for everyone, and they just ended up not doing it. And maybe that was a, an issue of, of them, of the people involved being fans. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it caused me to enjoy it. If it was kind of just this very generic kind of, you know, like oh, it's Warcraft, but everything's different, and you know, we're trying to make it exciting for the whole, you know, for the whole family and blah blah blah. Then I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Yeah, that's what every other single video game movie has done. So I'm glad that they tried to do something a little bit different. And yeah, they I can understand them trying to make it a little palatable for non-fans, but at the same time they they it seemed they did stay mostly true to the franchise, just not with the very nitpicky details that the fans are going to go into. Yeah, they made they made concessions, but they didn't make sacrifices. Is how I felt. Right. Which yeah. is such a hard thing to do. So I give them big credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they walked a very fine line, and I think they walked it. They walked it quite well. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And I just want to say that you know we saw this movie uh, in 3D. It's usually not my choice of medium, but it really didn't bother me. Um, I don't feel like I really noticed. There were no scenes where I was like, "Oh wow, the 3D like freaked me out" or something. Not really. Oh, the only the only thing that I really noticed, and I quite liked it actually, was when a wizard was like maintaining some kind of glowing, twirling spell in their hand, and it really stood out on top of the other stuff. That's the only thing that I really cared about. But and it didn't the, get in the way. And the, uh, cinema, yeah. and the big, wide, panoramic shots of the cities and open scenery. I didn't even notice mm-hmm. it that much for those. Well, when, 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 he was jumping, when he jumped onto, when, uh, Lothair jumped onto the Griffin from Karazhan. Maybe that... I don't know. I just don't know. It was just very few things that really jumped out at me. But um, that being said... I'm having trouble thinking of a movie that I found more visually beautiful than this movie. It really, really took my breath away. I thought it was spectacular cinematography and the scenery and the way that the orcs looked. And I I thought it was an absolutely gorgeous movie. Mm -hmm. It was such a pleasure to see in a theater. It was gorgeous. Fully agree. And it'd be interesting to see it not in 3D because the 3D does sort of darken 
everything a it little does. bit. It does. You're right. And so to see it kind of not in 3D or, you know, when it comes out on Blu-ray or, or whatever, I'll be interested to, to watch it kind of just sitting and, and really taking the time to absorb it and see because, you know, all the colors and all the details and, and everything like that. It really did have, like, a very colorful, splashy palette. It was quite, like, comic book or video gamey with really yeah. bright, saturated colors. So I, it would have benefited from not having those, like, darkening 3D glasses on. But I did only. Uh, and the only joke I'll make is uh, every, every time the, the humans came on, on screen in armor, I was always like, they need bigger shoulders. They need bigger shoulders. Exactly. They need bigger shoulders. That's very true. Ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> spiny... shoulder armor was much too reasonable. Tied, yeah, <laughs> knotted ropes on them and stuff, and gigantic stegosaurus turtle shells. Yeah. <laughs> this is very true. They should look like, like uh, football players from hell, basically. The tackling dummy. <laughs> oh, and actually, there was a, the, the one thing that I didn't notice at the time that I do want to go back and watch is at the right at the end, kind of in the final confrontation of Karazhan, uh, Khadgar dings. What? Really? Like, right at the end? Yes. Like, he, the, 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 when he's, you know, doing his thing and exerting his power, and there's this big flash of, of light that happens, and if you pay close attention... It's it's a ding like that's, it's a proper. <laughs> that's friggin' awesome. A what? He uh, he uh, Cadgar when he's casting his big spells right at the end he dings and there's a flash. Oh of light. yes, I was. I like, didn't see that. It's amazing. I did see the ding. I didn't hear what Joey said about the ding. Okay, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, that's 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 quite a wink. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that whole scene in the, with the yeah, uh, pool exactly. turning so into like so th- turning into fell. Like, uh, yeah. Yep. So it's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think Square Waves most hi- wholeheartedly recommends yeah, right. it, and I think Upper Memory Block wholeheartedly recommends this one. Mm-hmm. It holds up today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one, uh, almost exactly one week after we saw it. Yes. That is. Or there. actually, for no, it is exactly. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong time zone. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, like it's, only five, it's only five p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So. Did anyone have like particular character that stuck out in their mind as like that came across as being exactly how you pictured them? Oh, I thought Duratan looked amazing. I thought he looked yeah. just like I, I. He's like the the prototypical orc. Mm-hmm. And not not only was he a gigantic, tough like beast of a of a creature, but he was also like. Emotive and sensitive, and uh, and uh, like a rounded character, not only in his spoken dialogue, but just in the personality, the way that he looks and he carries himself and his facial expressions. I thought that it, it was so nice that you know you consider uh, uh, the orc race as being a part of this uh, uh, faction called oh, yeah, the Horde, like, and you don't expect them to have any yeah. humanity, but he really did. Like partic- like the scenes where you can see him holding uh, Goel and the. the- Palm of a humongous. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, he yeah. palms his little baby like a basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's so gentle. Yeah, that that's a, a great image. Yeah, and I like kind of the first interaction with him. And you know, she's trying to go through the uh, portal, and he's like, you know, how can you hide your big fat belly? And she's like, oh, only as well as you can hide your fat head. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know like they're, they're laughing and they're joking, and, and it's just nice. Like they're, 
they're people, they're not just, you know. And right off the bat, it establishes them as people, which is so interesting. And it kind of yep. establishes some works as, like, more feral and, and evil and monstrous, and some works as thoughtful and rational. Mm-hmm. But they're all, like, fierce when they choose to be. So I thought that he's he's my uh, he's my uh, MVP. What about you, Bianca? Did you have a character that uh, that uh, reflected uh, your perception the best? Hmm. Well, despite what I said earlier about Khadgar being a little pussy, I thought he was. Uh, <laughs> I thought that his his evolution as a character was developed well, and yeah, it's like I said. I, despite what I said, I do believe that he came. He did meet my expectations for him as an apprentice. Yeah, it seemed like a plausible kind of an origin story for him. Mm-hmm. Because, which is actually in The Last Guardian, they have him ride into Karazhan for the first time. Yeah, they omitted that whole first part of it, which I can understand, because, I mean, most of it's... And this is actually in the start of The Last Guardian. They omitted his uh, arriving at Karazhan and uh, settling in. Mm-hmm. Which but makes they, sense. It wasn't super necessary. They kind of they they they, they explained that like what yeah he, exactly. Who he was that's and, I, I, that's that's the one thing I didn't mind because it was like it was like a very minor detail which could pad a novel, but it doesn't it wasn't necessary for a movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, like watching him maintain those spells. Same with uh, Medev. Yeah. But yeah, Cadgar came out. Yeah, I like just, that whole thing where he would like you know write on the ground with something or other and it would make like magical text and. Oh yeah, that was super a super cool effect. And I really got a good sense just from the the might of of magic in that movie, the way that it's portrayed. I just love how the orcs kind of see the the human race as this absolutely pathetic, wimpy little insect, and then they get their clock cleaned every now and then by some mage. That just mm-hmm. effortlessly, like while calmly whispering to themselves, mm-hmm. just like deals with them thoroughly. Yeah, and I love that the spells weren't instant; they were this, these these buildups, kind of like when you're cast when you actually have your character casting in the game. Yeah, preparation. Yeah, he had he, he had cast time. <laughs> right, very right, right. Cast the timer bar <laughs> or latency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Joe? Were there any characters that uh, stood out for you as uh, particularly close to the lore? I I sort of I really liked Medivh actually. I've always kind of liked Medivh even from from the games. I mean, you know, it's not that he's necessarily always good, but uh, <laughs> I I thought they captured him very well and you know, when he finally left Karazhan and he was wearing his feather cloak and everything. Right. I'm like, yes, that's what he's supposed to look like cuz he's he shows up as a you know, <laughs> as a raven and he appears and he warns people of things and mm-hmm. you know, it's just like I thought that was great. Mhm. I like that too. Mm-hmm. And even you know when when what happens with him happens with him, I still thought that it was you know it, it was well done, and you know in the end he redeems himself to an extent, and, and you know it was cool, it was yeah. very cool, and and also like the it's not a character, but the dark portal just looked amazing. Mm-hmm. It sure like, did. Just, and I love that it was man- that it can, that it was manipulated as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that it kind of gave the sense that it was something that just takes an awful lot of preparation and focus to maintain, and it's kind of a tenuous hold about whether it's a reliable thing. So I, I did like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because, you know, it's a persistent thing in the universe, but in the movie it came across as being something that is is subject to the whim of the caster. Yeah, in the game it's just like a fixture that's always there. Very true. And I guess I'm trying to remember, so is is a dark portal in, in the Blasted Lands? Yes. 
Yes, yes and, and I guess we saw the blasted lands get blasted. <laughs> yeah, because it comes into well, the first thing we see is the black morass, which was actually yeah. like swampland before it became. Uh, oh right, that's from one of the dungeons from Burning Crusade. Yes, right yes, it is. with all the portals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Hold on a second. And you're sorry about that. Sorry about the interruption. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what were we tangent were we on again? <laughs> I don't know what tangent are we ever on. I think we were actually on topic, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about Medivh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented. Yeah, so I, I thought he was cool. Yeah, overall, like I said, great, great movie. So I don't really know what else there is to say about it. From that we what about it. the inside of Karazhan? I thought they did a pretty good job of impressing upon the audience. It's, uh, oh, the big twisty staircases yeah, and all? Yeah, it's uh, magnitude and uh, mm-hmm. significance. Have we seen Karazhan in the Warcraft lore other than as a raid that's taken over by evil forces? Um, in game lore or other lore? Because it comes up in... Uh, in the books? Yeah, it comes up in uh, The Last Guardian. Obviously, yeah, because that's, you know, that the place. Okay. True. What's interesting, though, is I appreciate... It kind of didn't look like Karazhan at first, like the region that we know, until the very end of the movie. Oh, right, because it kind of twists and gets a little darker. Before that, it's kind of in this cheerful place. Yeah, it's like... It still doesn't feel like Elwyn Forest, which is what it's sort of on the border of. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Or it's... Uh, uh, Darkshire is what it, co- is what it Yeah, yeah, of. not far from Elwyn, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciated that too. I, I recognized it just with all the millions of bookshelves and the twisting staircases. Mm-hmm. Yep, Karazhan Library and and don't touch that. <laughs> don't touch that. And, and having to watch a, a knight decked out in full armor, having to climb all those stairs. That was funny. He's like getting to the top and he's just like dying. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so I, every location, I just love looking at it. Yeah, I think the only place I'll say maybe a little bit, if I had a, a criticism of the the effects, the I thought the the golem wasn't completely awesome. Yeah, it was it it was kind of unnecessary, wasn't it? Mm. Well, it looked a little. I I just found from the from the the effects portion it, that looked a little CGI ish to me. I mean, it was a fine you know plot device or whatever to, to create a challenge for for Kenmar, but I guess so. Our local item or that was uh, both of them, I guess. Yeah, I guess they were both there. They were both trying to uh, interrupt. They were inter- trying to interrupt the cast. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I don't know. It was. It was a, a big generic movie bad guy, I guess, and not very much more. Mm-hmm. Although I do appreciate the respect they gave to the muck. Maktar, Maktar, whatever it was. What, what? Um, the uh, with the uh, dueling ritual that they uh, had oh. originally between um, uh, Duratan, Duratan and Doomhammer. Oh, and Goldan at the end. Goldan, and he and, and Doomhammer picks it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. And that was super cool because you see the the whole movie. You know, Goldan is kind of like. This hunched over, old looking, shrouded in his cloak and um, enchanted his demonic gas. They have this fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and suddenly he's this gigantic yeah, rippling guy. Up. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting those to actually be bones on his back that had broken off. I yeah, thought those I, were like fixtures yeah. on his, on his uh, armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty hardcore. Mm hmm. And at the same time, the respect the Horde had for the actual uh, ritual, despite Gul'dan's uh, reaction. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he was, he was right. He was like just, he wasn't having it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he was losing them. I did appreciate though that Gul'dan was portrayed as a great big hulking muscular guy because it kind of makes you wonder, like, why would the Horde, who respects like uh, physical confrontation so much, obey this guy with that does not have physical attributes? And so uh, mm. it kind of explained that. That that kind of tied it together for me a little bit. Yeah, and I kind of love that he's like all hunked down and robed and has all these magic powers until... Yeah, you make assumptions about him until you actually see him and it kind of is contrary to your... True, but in the lore, they actually said he starts out as a shaman. Okay. Right, he's like kind of a corrupted, fallen shaman, basically. Right. Yeah, mm. which what warlocks have become because they control demons, which is similar to uh, the shamans controlling the elementals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like the you know the opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they didn't have a whole lot of warlocks, just him, which is what I was surprised about. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess with with uh, the next movie presumably being about Goel, I'm sure we will hear a lot more about that. Yeah. Although he doesn't become a shaman until much later in his life, does yeah, he? and they don't he's even... what like a warrior? He's like a gladiator or something. He's well, a, he's yeah, a he slave, starts off basically. as a warrior. A slave, yeah. Yeah, he starts off as a slave, but a slave warrior because uh, Blackmore sees uh, the ferocity there is in him and puts him in the uh, gladiator ring. Well, that's what I remember. Well, we shall see yeah. if he does end up being what the most powerful shaman of all time, or debatably. <laughs> yeah. So that'll come from somewhere. So I'm sure that'll be a central theme moving forward. Yep, it does come from his uh, blood because the uh, frost wolves are shamans. Ah, okay. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Living on Frostfire Ridge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, so that's something that I, sh- I should mention so that as soon as I got home from the movie, I, I said, oh, you know, I want to read some Warcraft stuff. And there is actually a prequel novel to to the movie called Duratan. It's all about Duratan, and you know, I, I haven't gotten too far into it yet. But uh, you know, it starts off with him uh, and him and Doomhammer. I guess not named Doomhammer yet. Uh, oh, great. young And you know, they're they're doing their own thing, and his father is showing his father is showing him how to hunt. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and they do actually have a bit of his story in Rise of the Horde as well. Him and Ogrim. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, Grim, dude. I remember his first name. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring up the ritual of combat is because um, there is a fight between Black Hand and Lothair. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lothair defeats uh, Black Hand, but Gul'dan doesn't want the human to walk away. And that's when you see the orcs honoring the uh, Makra and saying, oh, right. no. Right, they let, they let him leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they all like bow to they all uh, salute and bow or bow to him, which yep. is incredible. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Despite that, this is their enemy. He he engaged in their con in their combat honorably, which I thought was respectful. Yeah, I, I did very much appreciate how they show like these two very different races uh, interacting with each other, and how even though like they have a big battle where a bunch of them kill each other with or without like honorable means. When uh, it came right down to it, and they agreed, like the the humans agreed to play by the orcs' rules, the orcs were honorable mm-hmm. and held up their end. Oh so, yeah, and that's something else that I I forgot about. So they they did bring in bring in the fact that you know they these two races speak different languages and they don't really understand each other. And there was that scene where they kind of like illustrated that 
by having it kind of the camera zoom around and the who was speaking change and what language and it was it was really cool. Yeah, I appreciated that too. Mm-hmm. That made things interesting because then you kind of had to extrapolate that whole translation scene with the Garona translating for Duratan and uh, Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very cool. But just like you, Joe, I uh, I think a day later. I broke down and I, I resubscribed to World of Warcraft after several months off. Yeah. And so I made a new character and uh, even yeah, though I, I made a new orc, what did I call him? Oh, Freon, because he's a, a, a frost mage. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to pew pew with a big orc just like I saw the big monster man in the movie. So I, I acted like a six-year-old. I had to reenact that whole thing. But uh, I'm playing through it and I'm leveling up very slowly. I'm not wearing the the super experience or any heirlooms or any powerful items or anything. I just want to play the game as it's meant to be played. I'm playing it slowly and reading all the quest text, text and I'm really enjoying it very much, more than ever, honestly. That's a game I yeah. just can't stop coming back to and keep appreciating it, appreciating it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually it's been a long time for I resubbed as well, and uh, I hadn't played since Cataclysm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's several so- years. Yeah, so this is this is a lot. So I, I made an orc hunter. I guess we got, we're all into orcs. <laughs> we are. And, uh, yeah, so I made an orc hunter, and I'm leveling. I, I had because I was away. I didn't have a ton of time to play, so I think I'm at like level seven or something like that. But again, it, taking my time reading. I, I got. I'm, I'm pleased that uh, a lot of the mod scene hasn't changed very much. So I, I went back and grabbed, you know, my uh, my standard. Mods, bartender, and auctioneer, and <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. Though the mod scene is as strong as ever in that in that game. Because mm-hmm. at first I said, you know what, it's been a long time. I'm just gonna play with the standard UI, and I think I did a level or two, and I'm like, mm. you know, just like the, the, like they still haven't fixed the bags, so I, you still need a bag mod, it's just like stupid stuff like that. Yeah, it kind of hurts. Yeah. Although for for bags, they did make it so that pressing B opens all your bags instead of just right. one of them. So they make little improvements. They borrow from mods, but they don't do everything a mod would. Yeah, so I think now I'm just using Bagnon or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. That's, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you? I for my UI, I use Dominoes and, and Mistress Diablo orbs. That's right. But uh-uh. let's not delve too much into that. I think that we've kind of run our course talking about the movie at this point, have we not? Yes, we have. I, I think, think so. We spent almost as much time talking about the movie as the movie last. Oh, man. Well, about half of it anyway. Yeah, True, you're right. but we Jeez. also went into some of the uh, lore about the movie, which is fine. Which is yeah, fine. But I, but I think it was good. Like, I, I think it was the, the, the proper length. I think longer. I mean, longer would have been nice, but I, think I guess we'll see if we do get that director's cut extended version or whatever with that cut, cut mm-hmm. footage. I'm wondering if just that extra twenty, if the if it had been two hours, how much what they would have done to embellish on the lore, because that could have uh, given them a little more time to do uh, the little things. I'm sure that's exactly what they cut out, just for brevity and for pacing and all of that kind of stuff. I, I do. I I'd welcome a longer version for home, but in the theater, yeah, I'm glad it was the length. Cut. Yeah, in the theater, I'm glad it was the length it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go see the movie, people. It's very good. Yep. It's very Absolutely. good. Fully agree. And if for no other reason, then just see the movie so that you can watch it. It's just so that you can see the scenery and see the the art and the, 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 the style and all that kind of stuff. The visuals, it's just so dramatically beautiful. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I think that might be something that I do if I do get it on, you know, streaming or Blu-ray or, or whatever, is I might, if I'm doing something else, I might just put it on, on mute. 
just yeah. to have the visuals kind of flowing up, flowing by in the background while I'm doing other things, just because it's such a pretty movie. Definitely is very pretty, excellent costumes. What I was, what amazed me was uh, there was that big conference in the uh, room with the alliance, and there were it was blood elves, not night elves, present. Or they were uh, high elves. They hadn't turned into blood elves yet. Oh, oh right. those are the ones that split into the two oh, types? Oh, they were the Kaldori, not the Kaldori. Not the Sindori. Yeah, so they hadn't uh, gotten addicted to magic yet. Right. Ah, I hadn't caught on to that. I thought they were just uh, night elves. Oh, no, they looked more like blood elves, but I guess, but like Joe said, they were the, uh, what is it, the Kaldori? Because oh, I know it's like Kaldori, yeah. so Kaldori. Yeah, that mm. sounds about right. Because okay. the blood elves are the Sindori, the night elves are the Keldori. Aha, not the Keldori. Oh, so the Keldori, neat. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole thing about that in the game when you're in Winter Spring that actually uh, differentiates between the three. <laughs> this is this is the uh, this is the part of the the visual part of the podcast where the the word lore blinks <laughs> over and over. Lore, lore, advertisements. I mean lore. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I I think that uh, I think we're probably good at this point, having yes. discussed the movie. Do we do yep. we concur? Yes. yes. So uh, why don't we start off by uh, wrapping this up, Joe? Why don't you tell nice people where they can uh, reach you if they want to comment on your show about this? Well, if you want to comment on my show about this, you can always, as always, send emails or voicemails or anything to podcast at umbcast.com, or you can tweet to me on Twitter at umbshow. And if you want to reach us here at Square Waves FM, we're on the web at squarefm.demodulated.com, by email, squarefm at demodulated.com, or you can harass us on Twitter in 140 characters. We are at Square Waves FM. So please, everyone, tell us how we're wrong and how we're dumb and all that stuff, because we love getting feedback. I know all three of us do, so. We sure do, by all means. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, pleasure to talk with you, Joe. It was a pleasure to see the movie with you as well, and pleasure to uh, to eat uh, Korean food beforehand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. All right. Thank you very much, lady and gentlemen. It's great to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Zug-zug. Zug-zug. Zug-zug.